from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back. This is Locked On Chiefs. We have a fun show for you. We're going to wrap up this week getting ready for the draft. There's a couple of developments and a number of things that really will affect what goes on, not only in the draft, but in this next season. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. Chris is going to join me here in a couple of minutes, but over at Rogue Analytics, we have the Matrix out. We have the draft guide out. You can get that at RogueAPC.com. That is all the production metrics, all the athleticism that goes into evaluating players outside of the film. Now, certainly the film grade goes in it, but we have a ton of it wrapped up in this draft guide. You don't want to miss it. If you use the code MATRIXLON, you get a significant chunk off the top of the price, and I hope that you guys will check that out. We have some great stuff coming for you. We're going to get into what's going on around the Chiefs today and what it means as they start to adapt, but we also have some great things coming up next week as well, and I want to give you a little preview. We're going to hear from old friend Seth Kaiser. We are going to hear from the draft expert from The Athletic. Dane Brugler will be with us. We are getting everything ready to be prepared to record the Chiefs draft as it happens that night. So Thursday's episode will be a bit a little bit delayed. You're going to hear that after the Chiefs happen. We will give you analysis. You can check out the live stream at RGR Football as well. I'll be doing that through the entire first round. I'll be live over on the YouTube channel uh, day one and day two, and then we'll have some drop-ins on day three. And here on Locked On, we're going to drop back out. We're going to be doing some things on the Locked On Network as well. You can check us out on the Draft Network, who are our partners. We'll be making appearances there. Chris and I will be busy as all get out. So there is a ton coming for you. Draft week. I'm really excited about it. The Chiefs are pretty excited about it, too. They made a promotion today. I want to give Ted Cruz a shout out, who is now bumped up in the organization to the executive level, and he runs PR over there. And uh, it's a great crew in PR, very helpful for us, giving uh, that we are not in the reporter's room and we get um, some clips from them. We get all kinds of assistance from them. Very appreciative of the Chiefs PR department. Thank you very much. And congratulations to Ted Cruz. There is more to come. This is going to be a trying week for them because there are some changes going on. And we heard Andy Reid hint about what they're going to do, how they feel about the offensive line. We're going to talk about that coming up in the next segment. But also need to say that there is a lot to this draft process that I think is actually playing in the Chiefs' favor. And whether that is what their current evaluation of their current players on the offensive line is, or it's what they plan to do in terms of scheme shift. Are they going to play even more three safety looks on the defensive side? Are they going to try to align in more of a too high single robber? Could they go double robber? Could they shift to more of a cover three? Because the cornerback group in this draft is very heavily shifted towards I think the zone coverage is particularly three. And I think there's some interesting things to be said there. I don't think that as much as we know the the hard parts, the hard points that Andy Reid wants to do, that he's not going to run the football any more than, than I ever wanted to. He's going to use the passing game, the short passing game, as the run game. Those are hard and fast rules that Andy's going to continue. On the defensive side, I think it's more pliable. And so I think that there is more room to maneuver over there, and I'm very interested to see how it comes out or what their priorities appear to be. Now, that said, skill positions are going to be in need as well. They need a tight end, too. They need a wide end, too. 
Um, the wide receiver two spot should be the X. Now, I'm not trying to discount McCole Hardman. He will be their slot um, unless they come up and double up on wide receivers and just throw literally everything at the NFL that they can handle in terms of speed and the ability to get loose with separation. I think that um, this could be something that we see not only offensive help on the line, but offensive help in the pass catching group as well, because strengthen a strength and make the rest of the league adapt to you is a viable strategy. And I think it is something that we could see, but there's a lot to get to today based on what we're hearing and what we're seeing on a Thursday pre-draft. It's kind of a little bit strange. We're going to jump right into Lucas Niang and the offensive line coming up next. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designated by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Ring sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for an engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get podcasts. One of the things that came out on Thursday afternoon or Thursday night was that Lucas Niang has been practicing and working his butt off, it looks like, over the entire past year. Uh, one of the things that he is posting video of is his doing a kick slide uh, and the steps and getting in shape for, to play left tackle. That I find is very curious. Yeah, I, I think it is very curious as well. And you can get a lot of different opinions about how difficult it is to do that. I think it's worth practicing no matter what side you usually play on. Um, I think it is something, and, and we'll work to get more confirmation about what all it goes into that, folks. We'll let you know when we know. Um, do you the, think that it necessarily means, hey, I'm, I'm practicing to play left? Yeah, I do. Okay. And I wonder if that's why the Chiefs have downplayed their needed tackle as much as they have. Maybe they're not going to be looking at left tackle in the first round. Maybe we're way off because they're expecting Lucas Niang to be their left tackle. I think that's a large jump on their part, but if they thought he had the ability to do it, which it sounds like they thought he did last year, at least that's what they came out and said, and he has been practicing at that, maybe he's their choice, or maybe he's their choice at left tackle, and that completely changes what Kansas City has to do in the draft. It does. Or can do. I mean, it's a a foundation changer for the draft. That's absolutely true. I don't think it precludes you from taking um, you know, um, uh, day day three, certainly, maybe even a third round tackle to bolster that group because you're still talking then about Mike Remmers playing on the other side. It might even be that there's still a first round choice in that, that maybe because this tackle group is a little bit heavy on right tackles, quote unquote, that you can maybe get away with that. And maybe you do have a bookend. It's just not the bookend that we thought of. I thought Andy was pretty cagey the other day when he said, you know, we have a lot of talent to play all over the line. I think at the end of the day, Flipping sides is a personal hurdle for every player. I know Mitch Schwartz feels and has said on social media that he thinks 
guys can flip all over. It doesn't matter. There's no such thing as right versus left tackle anymore. I think for him, that's probably true. But I don't think that is absolutely the case for everyone. And I think it is a personal challenge whether you can like reverse your whole play alignment. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I think the big thing that we have to wonder about going into this draft is, is it possible that they're going to be looking at going center at 31? That's still a need for this team. And if you're looking at all the tackles being gone, it would make sense depending on who's still left there at other positions. Yeah, I have trouble seeing them go center early like that, though, especially in the first round. I know it's 31 and it's practically a second round pick, but still, like, it feels like there are quality players at that position in particular that are going to be there in the second and third round. I just, I, I have trouble with it. I get it. I will say that there are people that are talking about Creed Humphrey going by 25. Which is crazy. If that's really going to be the case, then it would not shock me for Kansas City to go center by at 31. I I, I mean, anything's possible. I don't know how the Chiefs have have guys graded. I know that I like Creed. I'm very high on him, and he's still only in the 50 to 45 range for me. So everybody has him ranked differently, though. So, yeah. Yeah. And really, Brett Veach is the only one that matters. So we'll find yep. out. Well, Brett and Andy. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. And the bigger question to me is, is when you look at that, when you look at that position and you look at the value that you can get from center, is it something that you can feel good about spending a first round pick on? I think it is. If you think he's going to be a 10 year starter and he's going to step in and be a veteran type voice on the offensive line. If you think that he can step in and command the rest of the offensive linemen around him and be ready to call the protections as the center, then I think that you can justify that draft pick. It's not a sexy draft pick by any means, but you know what? If you get a top five center in the league or a top seven center in the league by drafting him in the first round, I think it's worth it. You have to invest to protect your star quarterback. You absolutely have to. Yeah. I mean, there's no way around it. And that's why I say, even if the plan if they feel Lucas Nyan can jump over to the left, having never practiced in the NFL, which I still just find baffling, even if that's too. true, you're talking about right now, Mike Remmers being your starting right tackle. And we have seen what results come from that. Mike, are we? What, what else is there? I'm saying in terms of priorities for this draft right now, that's all there is. Kyle Long. I don't know. I don't know. They've talked about him too at, at tackle. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at this scenario, going, "Are we looking at this all wrong?" I understand what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from, and I get the concern about having Mike Rimmers as your starter at right tackle. But to me, I thought he played pretty well. No, he wasn't Mitchell Schwartz, but nobody's going to be Mitchell Schwartz. No. Is Kyle Long going to be a guy that can step in and play? If they really think LDT is back and Joe Tooney is going to play your left guard position then why have Kyle Long on the roster? It's a great question. I have trouble seeing him go out to right tackle after having been out of the league. I'm, I'll be happy if he can play well at guard, but maybe you're absolutely right. And what the Chiefs think, which will not shock us before about what they want to do on the offensive line, is not what we're expecting at all. And maybe that's exactly it. And so that brings us to the conundrum of, I think you still would have to draft, like I said earlier, a day three guy or a third round guy that has enough upside that you feel can get behind those veterans and give you, A, a a safety net if Niang 
doesn't make the transition to left very well or if there are injury concerns. So I, I don't think they'd be done at the tackle position if that is how they feel. No, and I agree with you. I don't think they'd be done at the tackle position, but I, I'm just trying to figure out what all of this means because none of it makes sense compared to what we've seen in the past. We expected Niang to be a guy that they were going to start maybe on the interior last year. If you go back and listen to us from last year, that was a discussion. Is he going to be a starter there? Doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like they're going to give him a chance at starting, potentially at maybe left tackle. And if he's going to be able to do that, if he's going to be able to step into that position, and even if he can just be serviceable, you have the ability to back up and take care of the, you know, getting him a little bit of help throughout the season. Yes, it may slow your offense down a little bit, but that's something that you can take on if you can get a serviceable left tackle. Well, and that changes everything. I think we have to, I don't know, we haven't, we haven't discussed this ahead of time, folks, but we'll probably get into a slight argument here coming up on what they do. If it's not tackle in the first round, we're going to get to that coming up next. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors. But let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And bet online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lockenforo. Our local experts from every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I don't know. I'm glad you can't swing at me right now since we're over the interwebs. That's a good thing. But if it's not tackle at 31, and and just say, I I still think they move around, but first round, let's call it. I think I have an idea of where you go next. You mentioned center. Is there another positional need that you think has to take priority in the first, or does it become best player available? I don't know that it comes, becomes best player available. If Christian Barrymore is sitting there, I'd be really tempted. But with all the defensive interior defensive linemen, I just don't know where you would fit. Uh, I think that you're looking at a situation where you can go corner. You can go. Uh, you probably really can't go safety in the first round, uh, but you could still go corner. You could still go linebacker. You could still go defensive end. Uh, you have the ability to go center, wide receiver. Uh, I don't think that they go tight end, but you could. Uh, and they're obviously not going running back or QB. So I'd say your options are still pretty open uh, as long as there isn't somebody there that is one of those other positions. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to as well. For me, I think there's two things that stand out, and that is that 
There are two players in particular, both on the defensive side of the ball, that I think could be fallers for one reason or another. They could offer the Chiefs something that they like. One is Caleb Farley. And I know there are some that feel he's going to fall out of the first round. There are some that feel he's going to fall into the 20s. I don't know. But I'm saying that there's a chance that whether the Chiefs have to move up to do it or whether they're at, they're at 31, that that's a talent that in this class is right up at the top that maybe is worth that. Do you think that that would be an option if they don't go tackle? Option, yes. Would I like it? Probably not. Uh, that's going to be a, a, a draft pick that you're going to have to wait three or four years to find out how well it shakes out. If you really feel good about his back, then I guess you could take him and you could feel good about it. But that's the reason he could be there at 31. It's not because of talent. Mm-hmm. So you have to know and you have to be good with his uh, with his game. Because honestly, I would flip it over to the other side and say that's exactly why I couldn't take a guy like Landon Dickerson at 31. Creed Humphrey I'd be okay with because he doesn't have the injury history. Dickerson does. Dickerson's probably the better player, but I don't think you could guarantee or feel safe with him being healthy for most of his career. Yeah. And with a back issue with a corner, I I mean, back issues with any NFL player are going to be sketchy. So you're not wrong in any way. (laughs) Sketchy is the best word for it. How they get there is what I'm concerned about. And I'm not sure. Another defensive guy that stands out to me and Man, this is a tough one because I think he should be available at 31 without issue at this point. How do you feel about Gregory Rousseau, who I think can not only play at the edge, but can come inside and reduce down and do what Spags likes to do with his defensive ends? I would not be shocked if they go defensive end. They have struggled getting pass rush. Um, I don't know how I really feel about Rousseau. I think that that's something that maybe if they decide they want to go that direction, I'll be okay with it. Uh, but at this point, I just I have a hard time seeing them taking an edge at 31 because I think Rousseau is probably somebody that is going to be further down the, the line when it comes to the draft and where he's going to be drafted. Uh, you know, the other guy that I would mention, and I'm not saying that the Chiefs take him, but one of the guys that we've been talking about is Terrace Marshall. And it sounds like he could be dra- dropping down draft boards because of previous injury history. So you have to wonder if he would even be on their board as well. Yeah, I think the, the relative, I don't think there's anything earth-shattering about the injury history, but you're right, that is a concern. I think um, Elijah Moore could be available there, and I certainly think Rashad Bateman, although I think he may go earlier. I think those are three options the Chiefs would consider. They can, they can see fitting into their offensive style. Uh, I think Bateman could go in the 20s. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with that. Do they need to move up to do that? Possibly. Do they still feel like that's a big enough thing, especially if they feel the tackle is sorted out? Maybe they do. Uh, would you feel comfortable with them trading up for a wide receiver, knowing how deep this class is? Depends on the wide receiver. You know, honestly, uh, one of the things I tweeted out today, and I want to make this clear, I'm not suggesting the Chiefs do this, but I did tweet out today. They were talking about the Julio Jones pick back in the day. Atlanta moved up from the 31st pick to go, or sorry, from the 27th pick to go, go get Julio Jones. Now that was a long time ago. Uh, Cleveland didn't really get that much out of it. Um, you know, they got a second round pick, a fourth round pick, the first round pick the next year, and another fourth round pick. Uh, but they turned it into Phil Taylor, Greg Little, Owen Marichich, and Brandon Whedon. To me, I don't think you make that type of move, but. Kansas City, in my opinion, is a lot closer to being a successful team that can compete year in and year out than the Falcons ever were. 
They thought they only needed Julio Jones. If you think you have that piece, you move up and you go get him. That's what I'm trying to say. Fair enough. I'm I'm completely comfortable with that myself. I think that this is a twist, and we are going to do our best to get as much information on the tackle situation overall. And if we can report something that we can confirm, we will let you guys know pre-draft. Now, Monday night, my draft board's going to drop on RGR. You guys can have that. It'll be downloadable from Rogue APC, along with the metrics and uh, the draft guide as well. All that is over there. But um, we also have the ultimate mock draft that is going on, and our picks are today. You should be hearing us make our selections in the ultimate mock draft for the Locked On Network, along with Brian Baldinger and Ross Tucker and a lot of the big names that you know. So don't miss that as well. We appreciate you spending time with us and listening to us. We will talk to you on Sunday as we get ready for draft week. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.